Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, let's talk. And good morning and welcome to it. Tracy Morgan, of course, in with you. With uh, It's all quiet now. We had the music just blaring in our ears. <laughs> all of a sudden I talk and it's like, huh, there's something missing. Feels like we should have a music bed of, of Christmas music or something behind us. Uh, welcome to the show. It is Let's Talk, just about 11.15. And we are going to be, actually, I, now I'm, you know, like in a good mood and good spirits. But we are going to talk about something that is a heavy hitting during this time of year. And, of course, that is grief. So we have brought Kelly Conley in today, of course. Today is with the VNA. And so Kelly, of course, is the bereavement and spiritual coordinator with the VNA. So we are going to talk about that serious topic because it's something we can't pass up because grief happens all the time, but the holidays are just a little hard. And when you add grief on top of that, sometimes we just can't get out of this cycle. So we're gonna talk about that today. Okay, so let me give you the different ways that you can listen, and then we'll welcome Kelly into the program. Of course, you do have us on our radio stations. I can say stations, because we have FM and AM now. You can listen off of your Alexa powered device. You have the opportunity to listen to us as we stream online. So if you go to WISR680.com, you're going to pick that button that says listen live. And then you can listen to us on your computer if you want to hear us stream. Then there would be the app that you would put on your mobile device, any mobile device that you'd like. And you can listen to us that way as well. So many different ways to listen. Kelly is in studio with me today. Kelly, nice to see you again. I know it's been a while since we got to sit down and chat. How yes. are you? It's been a while since we've been live together. Yeah. I'm so, so thankful for it. In yes, person. It's good it's like to see you too, Tracy. A reminder of what you look like. <laughs> Save <laughs> yes. on this end. Save on this end. All right. I, I know we're in good spirits today, but I, I know that this is a heavy hitting um, topic. But it's always something that I admire you in because you can compartmentalize maybe you know in your day because you almost have to don't you i mean grief is really hard hitting and it sticks with a person and when you're helping them it has to stay with you and yet you also have to live your life too and see some brightness in your day <laughs> yes i do and and that is correct i need to have a little place in my heart for all those that i talk to throughout the day and they do remain there but i need to make sure my heart is free for the rest of my life as well yeah absolutely so talk about where we are right now i know we've talked throughout the pandemic mm -hmm. and i know i don't want to go down strictly the covid route today mm -hmm. you know we're talking about holidays and grief but is this yet another holiday that is completely different than pre-COVID times? Oh, I think that, you know, we all know that it is. I think there's just, you know, new concerns, new concerns about are we vaccinated? Are we not? You know, are we getting together in big groups? Are we not? Um, are we traveling? You know, again, that's a hot button issue again now this week. So, you know, there are many factors that are just impacting everybody and changing some plans. I think we certainly feel a little more open to being together, which is very good. <laughs> we need that. But I do know that certainly like over Thanksgiving, there was an increase in cases, you know, again, even amongst those who were vaccinated. So I know we're all dealing with many changes still this year. We didn't expect to be dealing with them still. Um, so there's a little grief in that, I'm sure. And I do want to talk about that point of grief where we may have to grieve. Let's just talk about it now. I'm thinking of something else I want to ask you, but we can get to that here in a minute. 
uh, talk about how we need to grieve those thoughts or those images that we thought that this was going to be a certain way. Hmm. And it just isn't because that is grieving as well, right? It's not just about losing an individual. Oh my goodness, no. And I think, um, you know, if you go on to certain websites, you'll see they list um, upward of 42 different situations that can create a grief response. So grief is something we experience sometimes even in response to something good, you know? So maybe something is two-sided. Maybe we're excited to get a new job, but we're grieving the loss of friends and, and the camaraderie of an old job. Maybe we're moving and we're excited about that, but we're going to miss what we're leaving. So grief comes in many, many phases of our life, many areas of our life, often where we don't expect it. And what I find is people don't recognize it as grief. They don't understand they're going through a grief process. Um, the saying is any change in our life can produce a grief response. So certainly COVID has brought enough change, mm -hmm. <laughs> so much that we have not wanted and has definitely had many people grieving, not just over uh, losses due to death, but just the changes we've been forced to make in general. And even when you mentioned the changes, maybe we have the same job, but it's just not done the same way. Absolutely. And maybe you enjoyed the water cooler talk. Maybe yes. you enjoyed being able to walk down the hallway and, and talk to whomever. And actually maybe see someone. And yes. see someone, yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of jobs are done differently. Mm -hmm. and, and that can be a point of grief as well. I, when you talk, it was flashback to all these times in my life. And, and the one time that I had one particular job which I won't mention and when that had changed it took me like a year to get over that because yes. even though I moved forward and moved on with another job yes. it was just the matter of I had to be told that I was grieving and then I realized it and then I was able to process it but I, I agree with you I don't think that people realize that if it's not a death then it's not grieving and and that's just not the case. It's not the case at all. Yes, again, any change can produce a grief process, even a good change. Yeah. So. Let's talk about death. Uh, let's talk about losing someone. Because what I was thinking before I went down that road was this year, again, we're still in COVID, not out of it yet. Are you finding in your position that there are families that are split after a passing and it surrounds COVID, whether... I don't know, you give me the scenarios. I could go down a couple of different <laughs> roads with that. But do you find that that's existing? Oh, yes. There are just divisions, you know, along many lines. Um, and whether it is because there's been a loss in the family and that has changed or altered the traditions and the family dynamic, whether that's because, again, maybe divisions about vaccinated or not, you know, um, are there divisions because people simply just still are scared to get together, you know, and don't want to do things in person and that hurts people's feelings. Um, I've certainly counseled many different scenarios in the last couple months because there I, I don't know the family I just remember a very reputable person telling me this story so I, I took it as as truth because I trust this person that they were aware of a family that were split because of a COVID death there, there was some of the family that believed it was some of the family that believed it wasn't and and so we didn't have that no. prior to COVID no, no. And I was actually just reflecting on this today and just kind of lamenting, you know, the divisions that have come. I, I just talked to someone yesterday who said to me that, you know, they literally will not allow anyone into their home unless they mm. are vaccinated. And those are rules. Unfortunately, people feel are very important. It's understandable. I 
judge neither side, but um, it is a division factor. So, and again, those are things that create grief. So friendships are lost or, you know, minimized, or it's just, it's difficult because we all want to protect ourselves. So we all have our own feelings about this issue, yet it does lead to some division, both in families, friendships, you know, and certainly at the holidays. And I'm not here to say that's a right or wrong decision. I'm right. not here as well, just as you, not yes. to say that that's the way you know, that someone should, you know, think or not. But my question is, so if, if you're the one that's not invited this year, or you're the one that's told we'd rather not have you this year because of, um, do you have any tips for that person who is being told that because there could be isolating feelings, sad feelings, grieving on their end as well? And, and I'm not saying that there, there aren't feelings on the other side. I'm just yes. saying that if you're the person being asked not to come, that mm -hmm. can hurt. Oh, certainly it can. And, and I have been encouraging families who have those kinds of divisions to consider getting together virtually, you know, whether that's by phone, by FaceTime, you know, in whatever way we can, because I feel like it's a mistake for us to allow a subject like this to divide relationship. Um, you know, love is stronger than anything, I believe. And I think that we have to respect each other's opinions, thoughts, fears, whatever they are. And if we can do that and then kind of compromise in a way that we can get together in other forums, we are very fortunate to be able to do that. We're fortunate to be able to be present over Zoom or FaceTime or whatever it is we have at our disposal in order to still feel like we're part of the group without putting anyone at risk, maybe. Now, I know you're talking about grieving, but how does the fact that some individuals don't respect the thoughts of others how does that wrap into what it is that you do because that is a very hot topic <laughs> where i think people just want to be heard and accepted doesn't mean we have to agree i just <laughs> think that people want to be heard and they want to be accepted for what they think exactly. now again that's my own two cents what what is it that you see and i see that as well and i think um, i've counseled a lot of anger i've counseled a lot of hurt you know and i've counseled a lot of family saying well they should agree with me and that's a difficult point you know because there are two sides you know to this and i think that again you know we have to take our relationship into account whether it's worth losing it over a topic that is you know both medical and political at this point and i think we need to come to a point where we can just agree to disagree if that's what it needs to be and then again find a way to connect regardless and maintain the relationship i am going to ask you when it is the right time to sever that relationship i'm going to ask you that question i'm going to preface it with this i'm not saying for people to just jump ship immediately you know i i think that it's important to talk to a professional like you to say to be introspective and to process life and then make the decision i mean i think there needs to be time to make that decision but when it is the right move to make to sever that relationship how does one grieve or what do you do what steps can you take because that is a change in family it's a change in friends and how are you severing that are you just not talking to them anymore mm -hmm. are you just not going to send them a christmas card are you just going to see them a lot less like what does that mean sever that relationship well and certainly the grief is going to be dependent on how the relationship is severed you know is it severed completely is it severed just partially and that we won't see each other in person um, the grief will be dependent on the degree of loss so to speak and also it will be dependent on how close was this relationship prior to the severing so grief is dependent on many factors and i 
think the most important thing we're going to need to do in any of those cases, though, is to allow the natural grief process, which is allowing the emotions that we have, whether they are sadness or anger, um, you know, and, and those two are huge, especially in the beginning of the grief process. And people think they occur in these neat little box stages and things, but they don't. Um, you know, really upsetting to most of us is that grief comes in waves that are nearly, you know, insurmountable. And that also comes in a fashion where we can go in and out of emotions in a matter of minutes. <laughs> so we may go from crying to yelling to, <laughs> you know, just feeling depressed to then being fine for 10 minutes. And it, it's very disconcerting. So allowing the natural emotions to be expressed, uh, no matter what the grief looks like, is the most important factor. And how long can that take for an individual? How long have you seen an individual still grieving? And there are two questions there. How long have you seen when somebody knows that they're grieving and how long when somebody is grieving when they don't know that they're actually <laughs> grieving? Yeah, it definitely takes longer. If someone does not recognize that they're grieving, they tend to push the emotions aside. They tend to discount them and it becomes a process where we're denying, so to speak, you know, what we're naturally feeling. So in that case, it's going to take a longer time. Um, with those who recognize their grief, who kind of embrace it head on, that process, active grief, they say, you know, is anywhere from one to three years. However, again, very dependent on so many factors. Grief might be one of the most individual processes ever. So I can never, you know, sit and talk to someone and just assume anything because it's going to depend on the relationship they had with the loved one, the situation, you know, of the loss is again, is it death? Is it some other form of loss? Um, as well as what are their coping mechanisms? Do they have other losses? And do they recognize those other losses? I talked to someone last week who, you know, had a death that was somewhat close, but she could not understand you know, her response seemed out of proportion. And in talking to her, we realized she had gone through, you know, three major life changes in the last two months. So she just wasn't counting those other things because to her, those were not grief, but they are. What are those signs that you're describing, not necessarily of that one individual, but what are those signs that people think, well, this isn't grief, maybe I'm just angry. But mm -hmm. if you were to get down to the core of the problem, it most likely is grief. Yes. I'm sure some people are very vocal. I'm sure some people go numb. Can you talk mm -hmm. about some of these symptoms or signs, oh, yes. I should say? Well, and, you know, numbness is often one of the first things, especially with a loss um, that is unexpected, um, a sudden change, um, anything that comes to us, and we are just simply not prepared. I feel like our body tends to want to lock down in protective mode, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, um, but it just allows us to slowly kind of take in the truth and process little by little, kind of like a fog it just being turned on and off little by little and filling us with what the truth is um, you know so that's an important factor so numbness and a little bit of shock and denial in the beginning do not bother me I expect that almost and I think it's it's well placed um, when that goes on beyond you know maybe the three month mark when we're into six months to a year and we are still having trouble processing the truth of what's happened then we need to look at some other issues you know are we purposefully running from that group are we not processing it openly and allowing the process? Okay, but here's the problem. So the, what you describe, even if it's just one thing, let's just take a death of a loved one. Mm -hmm. That takes long enough to have to get through. Mm -hmm. The problem is, in my opinion, is that we've just been through, we'll just say two years. It's just easy to say two years. But two years of just what feels like nonstop. And so to try to get through one episode or one moment 
something else piles on, then something else piles on. And then it could be something, I, I say simple, but you know, it just feels like there are degrees of, of you know, stress that keep coming your way. But like the supply chain issue, that could end up being a trigger when maybe you're three issues deep into grieving that you haven't even started. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yes. I mean, let's just say you got to get your car fixed and there's nothing out there and you still have to wait six months. Yes. You know, so it just seems to like pile on. Yes. So how do we even get through the weeds especially during the holidays. Well, and again, I think this is where if you feel like you have multiple loss situations going on, this is where it's important to get help because, you know, I purposely, people get angry with me actually because they'll come in for one thing and I'll take them back to something else and I'll say, look, we've got to start here. You know, we've got to resolve this. We need to talk about this. We need to journal this. We need to feel this um, before we can move forward into all the other layers um, because it is, it's a multi-layered process and you cannot grieve four or five things people situations at one time because you're not picking them apart and and trying to figure out what are the emotions I'm attributing to each of these losses so one loss may incur a lot of anger you know the COVID situation has had an incredible amount of anger attached to it now I'm seeing people who are plain just tired they call it covid fatigue you know we are sick of it <laughs> we're tired mm -hmm. of hearing about it we're tired we just want it to go away and so people are starting to respond in such a way you know that they, it's apathy almost they just don't care anymore they can't deal with one more thing so you know that requires processing though you know i almost call that a grief fatigue you know it's like we cannot process but we have to process it you know without processing all the emotions for each type of loss we can't do it all at once yeah. so it's very important Kelly Conley is with us with the VNA, of course, a bereavement and spiritual coordinator with the VNA. And we're talking about grief, what grief looks like, especially during the holidays. And I do want to get to the, uh, the other side of all this here in just a moment. But before we get there, what services do you offer? So if people are hearing us and they're identifying with everything that we're saying, and maybe it's the red flag that they realize that they should probably give you a phone call. <laughs> what, what services do you offer? What can they get through the VNA? Well, actually, um, we, of course, provide home care, palliative care, and hospice care services to the community, as we've done for the past 30 years. Um, with the hospice program and palliative care, we follow our, our families for over a year um, with bereavement services that are ongoing, free of charge. Um, it's a wonderful service. Uh, normally, we are running groups when it's not <laughs> COVID season. There's, there's my grief right there. Yeah, right? You need to process that, Kelly. Own. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Um, so you're not back in person with all of the, no, your groups? No, I just, okay. people are just not comfortable yet in yeah. that setting. So we've done some surveys and yeah, and, and I don't blame them. You know, it's still a tough time in that way. Are so you online? Or how yes, you, okay. we can do things online. And I do do a lot of my, um, even my private sessions, I've been doing some of them online, uh, FaceTime, you know, by phone, if people prefer that. And some in person, you know, uh, assuming there are CDC parameters in place. So, right. um, but yeah, so, um, but then, you know, for our friends in the community, who maybe are not in need of our services, we do provide a one-time free grief assessment. So I essentially can sit down, you know, with someone and have them tell me everything that's going on and I can make recommendations, provide written information, referrals, you know, and maybe it is that I can help identify, you know, the other losses that may be complicating something else that's going on. 
So the other losses were the core of the issue. Yes. Are those two different things to you? Yes, they are. (laughs) Yeah, because sometimes it is just one loss, but we're not quite sure why we're grieving it so hard. You know, that is a tough thing. Some people simply cannot understand or figure out on their own because we're so in it. When we're so tied up in our emotions, sometimes it's hard to see why, you know, we're Mm -hmm. grieving something so hard. And it just, just takes a good listening ear and someone to reflect back, you know, and say, do you think this is why? You know, do you think this is what you're going through right now? And I've found that to be helpful for people. I know I'm going to ask you a question that that I would love to get a statistics out of, out of you, but I don't know if there's any statistic out there for this. But is there a high majority of people that when they discuss issues with you and you're trying to get to the core problem, it actually goes back all the way to our childhood, <laughs> to what happened back then that is unresolved? that is triggering us in our adult years. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> yes, and, and I often end up in conversation with people about those things. Now that form of counseling um, is you know, beyond my pay grade, and I often am working in conjunction with other psychotherapists who are addressing those issues. So if I notice that there is trauma, you know, there's some kind of deep-seated issue from the past, whether it's some kind of abuse, some kind of neglect, those things all can affect a bereavement response now. So. If I identify those, I will bring on board whoever I need, you know, to work with me in conjunction so that I can address the grief issues while they are addressing, you know, the deeper level um, problems from the past. Well, then let me take this from a grief perspective, if you will, because let's say uh, we lose mom or dad, okay, Um, and we come to you and we can't figure out why we're grieving. Could it be that maybe life as as a kid in that household was okay, it's just maybe they didn't have the connection with mom or dad that they hoped they used to? Like, so Mm -hmm. then let's fast forward to when they actually lose mom or dad. Would they be grieving because they have to grieve the fact that they weren't as close to them that they wanted to be? I mean, it, it's scenarios like that. Are you able to handle? Do oh people come God. to you with yes, that? Yes, those I can. And those are actually very common. And that I refer to as grieving what wasn't. Mm, and okay. it's a very common, you know, situation. But it is something we can work through. Sometimes, again, we need to still say goodbye. We need to still kind of say our piece and have a conversation with that person, whether it be out loud, in writing. And I firmly believe that even post-death we are able and we need to do that so that is an exercise I use you know to help people kind of get some closure on some things um, that they don't realize they're grieving something that wasn't yeah if you get to the core of this if you're able to work through this with somebody do they sometimes realize what's triggering them is not necessarily a as big of a deal as they thought because they're now processing life they're working through it because I'm wondering how many times we're triggered by things that really aren't a huge deal. It may be a big deal, you know, but it's not as big as it would be if we actually processed life. No, and that is true. And I think people are sometimes surprised, you know, by what it is that they are at. Because when I say something like, you know, I think you're grieving what never was, you know, that kind of throws people back a little bit because that doesn't seem possible. You know, that seems backwards. But in fact, it's really not. Often that is the case. So, yes, I mean, small triggers, you know, can lead to the discovery of, you know, much bigger issues that we can then deal with and hopefully, you know, put someone back on the right track in terms of doing the grieving they need to do so can you get to another side so even though maybe this person is still in your life you're trying to grieve relationships and maybe we're working with you are have you had success stories where people get to another side where 
They know that these relationships are still in their life, but they're able to handle them differently. Oh my goodness, yes, and thank goodness for that, um, <laughs> because that is the goal. You know, the goal always is to grieve something well and then be able to heal our heart, and that may include a process of forgiveness. They have, that may include a process of some kind of in-person reconciliation. It may, you know, be a graveside thing where you know someone is forgiving someone post-mortem, so to speak. You know, just trying to again get the closure that they need so they can be on the other side of that relationship. I mentioned mom and dad, uh, and that can still apply to this next question, but how about the loss of a child in different stories uh, online or if I'm watching the news or whatnot? I've heard many parents say, well, the hurt doesn't go away, but I do have to move forward, you know, so it's that balance. Mm -hmm. Talk about that if you don't mind, because even though we're talking about success stories and getting to the other side, the loss of a child seems to be in a different category. And it is in a different category, I have to say that. Um, I don't like to qualify grief that way, but the loss of a child is, is a very individual grief process. And I think it is one of the more difficult processes because it just seems out of order. Um, it's the hardest one to assign any kind of reasonable meaning to. Um, it, it just can never make sense to us why a child should die. It just doesn't seem that that should be the case. So um, it is difficult. What I find is many parents in that situation have a tendency to want to go forward doing something in honor of that child, taking their memory forward with them and honoring them. And whether that's a scholarship fund, whether that's a special program for other children, um, a family member of mine, you know, lost a baby and for 18 years since have been a children's hospital on Christmas day, delivering gifts, you know, to children there. So that is part of the meaning making process. And I find that that is a healer, you you know, it's a healer when we can allow our child's life to maintain meaning even though they're not physically here. Yeah. Is that something that you can also talk with a person about in, in with the VNA being the bereavement and spiritual coordinator? Uh, can come can folks come to absolutely. you in that absolutely and there are good resources as well you know out there for people who have lost children uh, children's hospital does a lot of great programs you know in that way uh, for support others uh, compassionate friends um, so there are things out there just for bereaved parents Kelly as we almost ran out of time today we'd still have about three or four minutes left with you anything that you would like to bring up that, that you want to make sure that the uh, public knows during the holiday when it connects with grief. Oh my, yes, and one of the things I think I talk about every year is just the importance if you are in a heavy grief place, you know, during this holiday, I do not want you to feel pressured to make sure everything is done exactly as it was last year. Um, or the year before, you know, this is uh, going to be a year that's different. Um, it may need to look different. I encourage people to embrace the traditions that are important to them, that are meaningful, uh, maybe especially those that were important to your lost loved one, um, but also to be able to say no when you need to say no and say yes when you mean yes. Um, you know, when we're grieving, our immune system is compromised. We're not in the same, you know, condition, so to speak, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. So we really need to focus on self-care this year and just really doing a good job of, of allowing the grief to do what it needs to do. Anything that you can suggest to us in order to get through the holidays? For some people, just the holidays in and of themselves <laughs> is is hard. We'll just put it that way. When you're grieving, it can be an extra layer an extra heaviness on your shoulders yes. that you don't want to deal with, but we still have, what, two or three more weeks to get through. Yes. So any steps that we can take to 
Oh yeah. Number one, reach out for help. (laughs) You know, all these people that have said to you, you know, what can I do? I I encourage you to tell them, tell them what they can do. Can they write out some cards for you? Can they bake for you or help you bake? Can they help you with your shopping? Can you shop online? You know, and I think planning ahead for the day. So whether it's Hanukkah you're celebrating or Christmas or New Year's that you're worried about, you know, I always have my clients make a plan so that they know what that day is going to look like ahead of time. And it really takes the anticipation and the dread kind of out Mm -hmm. of the day. Um, And secondly, just to make sure that you're surrounded by people who care, you know, people who will support you and understand where you are. Kelly, I don't think I've ever asked you this in the many times that we've talked. I may have, I just don't remember. But can you give us a phrase that if we're not okay, but we're not in a crisis mode, you know, we know that that we need to go get help or maybe that we're just, um, just not doing well. But we're afraid to be able to say that to someone because of the look on the face mm-hmm. of the person opposite of them usually is that fear of, or that, that, that face of dread, like they don't know what to say, you know, and all of a sudden you can see that person shutting down because they don't know what to do with this conversation. Is there a comment that we could say? Is there a line that we can say if somebody says, how are you? And the other person is so happy-go-lucky, right? Mm -hmm. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. And you're sitting back thinking, okay, this is not a good moment. Are we we able just to say, well, I'm just taking things one day at a time? You know, like what are those phrases that can just get us out of that conversation? Because yes. I I ask everyone, I'm like, please don't say you're fine when you're not. You know, please, if you need to say something like what you said, Tracy, that is one of the ones I use. I'm taking it one day at a time. I'm doing the best I can right now. You know, that gives people the idea that, okay, you know, they're definitely in a grieving space. I've even had people be very honest and say, you know, I'm grieving, but I'm gonna be okay. You know, that gives people the idea that you are acknowledging your grief, that you are in a special place right now, that you're gonna be okay, but that right now you're not gonna answer with, I'm fine. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. I think back to somebody who, you know, when I went through a period in my life, they would know if I was in crisis or not crisis, you know. And, yes. and so now if that I run into that person, I, if I'm having a stressful day, I may say, not in crisis mode, but, <laughs> you know, exactly. but it's not a good day, you know. Exactly. I mean, it's, you set out that expectation almost yes. to say, I'm okay, but not okay. You know, it's yes. that middle of the road. Oh, and I so encourage that. I think our honesty is what allows others then to know that we may need some extra support. Yeah, absolutely. And you can work through it and get to another side. You yes, really can. You can. Really can. Yes, Kelly, you can. Uh, again, how do we contact the VNA or yes, your services? Yes, you can call my office, uh, 724-431-3520. One more time. 724-431-3520. And again, it's Kelly Conley with the VNA. She is the bereavement and spiritual coordinator with the VNA. Always open to help. And and if somebody is comfortable with meeting with you in person, you can do that. Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. That'd yes. be great. Kelly, thank you so much. I do appreciate you being Thanks here. Thanks for having me. And folks, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us for this segment. If you would like to listen to this segment again in its entirety, you would go to WISR680.com. You're going to pick programs, Let's Talk, and then look for the VNA. Thanks so much. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk. The information and opinions shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees. 